So first of all, thank, Naveen, thank you very much for your time. I'm so glad that you are here with us. And uh, to me, I know you for almost uh, now seven, eight years. I'm following your career and how you have developed uh, companies after companies and ideas. And you came, uh, you're an IIT alum, and you came to United States almost 30 years ago. And yeah. uh, you have developed uh, phenomenal companies and phenomenal success. But the big thing I saw it is you continue to evolve and change the areas when internet and now you are in the health space. And I personally think if it's not uh, inappropriate to call you a Renaissance man, you study, uh, when we met last time, you have really, I was amused to see the depth of healthcare systems, health, even the way our body functions. I believe even if a doctor talked to you, you know more than typical doctors. And that change you have done, and what transpired that? Yeah, so I think Sanjeev, first of all, thank you very much for being, uh, you know, being so kind with your words. You know, to me, every one of us has that same privilege to be able to do what we want to do. So in a sense that, it's not about being an expert in the field. As a matter of fact, once you become an expert in any field, you become an incrementalist. I would call that a useless person in that field because the best you can do is to make something 5%, 10%, 15% better than anyone else. But when you are coming from outside the industry, you're able to challenge the foundation of everything that experts have taken it for granted. And you can literally disrupt that industry 10 times or 100 times. And that means the couple of things that require. So as you know, I have done now seven companies. All of them are in completely different industry, whether it is a space exploration, whether it is a healthcare, whether it is uh, e-commerce, or whether it is turns out to be the mobile side. But in every one of them, the fundamental belief is always that God forbid what you're trying to do if it is successful, is it going to help millions or billions of people live a better life? And whatever you do, you have have that, right? So to me, any entrepreneur who is starting a company, any IITN who's listening to this and want to go out and focus on creating something, they have to ask themselves the three questions in my opinion, which is why this, why now, and why me? And let me explain that to you what that means. Why this is, is this the problem if successful can really be solved help massive amount of people. That means, is there enough pain out there that you're solving a pain? And the second part of that question really is, are you truly obsessed about solving this problem? That means when you get up in the morning, you think about it. When you go to sleep, you think about it. One way to know that what you're doing is not your calling is when you wake up in the morning and you don't jump out of the bed, whatever you're doing, quit that day because that is not your calling. That is not what you're here on this earth for right once you find this true obsession remember it's not about passion a lot of lot of us get caught up into what is my passion passion is for losers passion is for hobbies i collect meteorites that's my passion i collect you know stamps that's my passion my obsession is about solving a problem for humanity where none of us ever have to be sick right 
Now, that to me is something you can get be truly obsessed about. The second part of the puzzle really is why now? And this is really critical because what is it that has really changed in the last five to seven years that allows you to solve the problem today that couldn't have been done a decade ago? And the reason for that is you have to believe you're not the smartest guy in the world. That means if this problem could have been solved with the technology 10 years ago, this would have been solved. Now, every time there is a change in the technology, every time there is a new set of tools that are available to you, it allows you to solve the problem in a completely different way, right? So for example, in a healthcare, the reason the healthcare is so far has always been trial and error and essentially a one size fits all because we just didn't have the tools at our disposal to be able to understand each individual body, what's happening inside each individual's body. And the cost of doing so was so high. Now, the interesting thing is there has never been a better time in the human history to disrupt health than it is today. And here's why. There are three parts to the puzzle for uh, disrupting healthcare. One is, can we digitize the human body? That means, can we take the, you know, the body that we think of as a solid body and can we digitize this body into ACGTs? That means now we know exactly what the human body is like. Now, the second part is, can we decode that human body by taking all that stuff? Can we actually understand what molecule, what biochemical activities are actually going on in this body? And the third part is, deciphering, which is, can we use the artificial intelligence to be able to make sense of all of it? Now, the interesting thing is, this is the first time where cost of sequencing, digitizing has come down so significantly instead of $10,000, you can do that for under $100. Cost of processing the massive data is now close to zero on AWS. Now, you know, AI has become so powerful that anyone can now go out and create an AI company. Absolutely. The third part of the thing is really interesting, why me? And the why me is something you have to ask yourself that what is it that I am thinking that is different from what anyone else is thinking in the industry? If the question you are asking is the same question that everyone else is asking, then you're solving the same problem that everyone is solving. So here is the thing that I learned that it's not necessary that you have all the answers, but it's necessary that you have all the questions, right? To me, it is about asking the right question, not having the right answer. And I can give you examples of examples about why that matters. And the second part of it is that, are you actually solving the symptom of the problem or you actually understand the root cause of the problem and solving the root cause of the problem rather than simply suppressing the symptoms or really looking at solving the symptoms of the problem. And once you start to think about that way, not only the healthcare, you can apply the same principles to almost everything you do, whether you're doing education, whether you're doing agriculture, whether you're doing anything else, poverty, you mean you look at energy, same type of things can apply. And one could argue they apply also even to your personal relationship. <laughs> true, true, true. There is always an opportunity uh, to uh, reinvent that. And I know you and Anu, it's just amazing to see how your relationship flourish. Uh, so, Naveen, when we talk about uh, why me and the question, so one thing I always uh, wonder that all the 7 billion plus people on earth, we yeah. all have different fingerprint. We all yeah. have different. 
And when we go to the real world, everybody say, oh, be like him, be like that, be like mm -hmm. that. We completely lose our identity. I personally believe that we all are a brand. We just forget. And we are such like, we completely start comparing ourselves with other people instead of innovating, instead of thinking through problems differently. And uh, I see your career and especially uh, from internet to where you are in health space. So the big question I have for you is, you have a very complex team. Health is a very new area. And I saw when you started Viome, it was, sorry, I will just say, it, it's just another testing novelty thing. Last, until last year even, and I was not convinced, I say, I get a test and I know that I should not eat cashew. What interest. But today you have brought the company to a level where it is really going to solve my problem, where you are really helping me. How should I live my life? So walk our uh, audience through the, what is going in your head, how you came up with that idea and how the idea evolved. Was it the day one or it is an evolution or how? So again, I mean, you know, going through all of the things like why this, I mean, to us, it was very clear that God forbid, if we are successful, would it help a billion people? The answer was yes. Now, why now? I mentioned that all the things that needed to be solved for healthcare were available. Why me was very interesting. We realized that everyone is now talking about that, you know, we are a ecosystem. We are not a homogeneous, simply the human DNA in our body. We are literally an ecosystem with a 39 trillion microbes living in our gut, in our mouth, in our, you know, on our body. And at the same time, they are not parasite on us. They just symbiotic relationship that we have formed with them. That means without them, we could not actually live healthy. They provide us with the nutrient that our body needs. Now, interesting thing is we can all think about, oh my God, what a new knowledge we have created in the last five, 10 years. But the interesting thing is we have known this for thousands of years, right? Even forget way back to Ayurveda, even in the Greek times the you know, Hippocrates said all diseases begin in the gut. And then he said, let food be thy medicine, let thy medicine be the food. And the people have always said, one man's food is another man's poison. That means we have realized that it is not the food that's good or bad. Is it good or bad for us and right now? Because nothing is permanent. Our body will change and then the things that used to be bad become good and the things that used to be good become bad, right? And that is the key that you and I both know. When we are young, you can eat anything. When you get older, the things are no longer quite work the same way, right? Yeah. But my point is coming back to the thing, the couple of interesting things, I want to give you the how we went, how I went about doing it. So anytime I start into an industry, I always believe that I don't really need to be an expert because I can assemble a great team of experts that can help me tell me where the landmines are. And my job is to constantly keep pushing a why is it not possible? Just to give you the, the latest, I mean, it happened last week. It is the craziest thoughts, right? So now, you know, we look at both you know, you got the stool and you look at your blood to be able to understand the human gene expression, mitochondrial gene expression from the stool, we get the microbial gene expression from the saliva, we get the microbial gene. And my thought was, hey, now we're doing blood and stool, we, we do actually both of them separately. And I was just talking to my scientists, I said, why can't we just mix them together and just do it one time? And he looks at me and he says, are you crazy? Well, that will never work. And I said, look, help me understand. The blood has human genes. 
stool has all microbial genes. They're completely separate. Even if we mix them together, AI should be able to separate them out. And we can now, instead of spending twice the money, we should spend only one time the money and we will have all the same answers. And he thinks about it for a second. He said, you know, there might be something here. And I said, tell me, what is your hesitation? And the more we talk, and he said, and after 30 minutes, his idea was, that's a brilliant idea. Why did I think of it? And I said, because <laughs> it's not something. When you are an expert, you just told. You take a blood and you analyze the blood. You, take it together. you don't say, hey, why can't we mix them together? Right? My point really is that as, a, as you know, someone who is not an expert is able to say these things that most experts will be embarrassed to even say. Right? Exactly. What if I, mean, I mean, we see the classic example is Amazon. Jeff Bezos, I mean, he like... Yeah. For all lack of the better word, he just set up a shop on internet for books. And yeah. now look where Amazon is. He continued to push the envelope, especially AWS. Nobody thought that organization can be even successful. And today, all of us has dropped yeah. all the hardware and we are all on AWS, which is very, very interesting. So I have a question for you on that, which is yeah. a very interesting question I meant to ask even earlier. So I met yeah. one of your VP of engineering. I'm not yeah. going to give his name. I talked yeah. to the guy. And uh, I said, hey, he said, I'm working for Wyom. Said, yeah, that's great. That was wonderful. How is working with uh, Naveen? This is tough, man. It's not easy to work with him. He's a very demanding guy. And then we start talking about his life. He was working with a pretty big company in Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the attraction? He took 50% pay cut yeah. to work with Wyom. Yeah. That's, that's unbelievable. And it's not like, we are talking about yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars here. It's not like ten, twenty thousand yeah. dollars. It's like not a yeah, yeah. so very senior person. So yeah. how do you inspire people so yeah. you can have a team? Because I understand money is important. We all know. And every time when we talk about building a company, the big thing we focus on is, oh shit, I don't have money. I can't hire people. I really, really am in a tough spot. How do you hire and inspire people? And I'm surprised when I look at the Wyom team, I'm blown away. How the hell you convince all of them to join Wyom? So actually it's really, it's really, really easy because you know, when you are solving a problem that could fundamentally change the way people live their life and it's gonna change the trajectory of how humanity lives. The interesting thing, the best and the brightest want to work on the toughest problems. They want to work on a problem that would set their legacy. You know, these people who are at the top of their game, they're not, they're not going to be inspired and say, hey, I'm building an iPhone app that's going to help me find your roommate. They're going to say, go have fun. Right? When you say, hey, I am working on things that could make illness truly a matter of choice. I can make illness optional. Now, that's where you get the best and the brightest. As you know, the head of IBM Watson runs our AIT, right? Yeah. The top person at translational science came from Craig Venter, who discovered the human genomics. So the top team, our guy who is a science guy is the guy who developed the technology for the Los Alamos National Lab, the world's most renowned uh, scientist on RNA. He left his federal job yeah. to where he was, you know, he could have made rest of his life a guaranteed retirement money to say, you know what, I want to come help solve this problem. Now, the reason again, Sanjeev, is that many of these times people need to feel they're working on things that are going to be someday their grandkids are going to look at them and say, Grandpa, 
I know you worked on this that actually got rid of cancer. I know, Grandpa, you were working on things that someday when people used to die from Alzheimer and Parkinson's, you solved the problem. I know that you know, in the olden days, people used to have depression. Can you believe that? People used to be obese. They used to have diabetes and they lived with those diseases. Grandpa, thank you for solving that for us. And that's why all these brilliant people come to you because they know they're working on something that is meaningful. So does that problem inspire everyone? So it's really about uh, the team. When you talk about team, it's more about, is this problem worth solving? And are they aligned with that problem? And again, the people who are brilliant, people who are successful, they want to be significant. So give them something of significance to work on because that's what they're looking for. They make plenty of money. It's not that they can get a job any day they want. These people are not looking for a job. They're looking for a cause. Give them a cause to work on, not a job to work on. So can I ask a controversial question? Sure. So if I'm not mistaken, you hired Arun Sareen. Yes. How did yeah. he make it? He was the damn CEO at that time. How did yeah. you convince him to come and join your organization? Well, it's again, remember, Arun was running, he was a CEO of Vodafone and he went on to become a CEO of Global Vodafone after. But the point was very simple. I said, look, Arun, in life, every one of us had a chance to watch the history being made. Very few of us ever get a chance in our lifetime to make the history. So come join me. We're going to completely change the way people use their phones because in those days there was no iPhones. I said, imagine one day when people are gonna have a phone, they're gonna have their stock code and email and they're gonna have calendar, the contact and the information in their fingertips. What if we are the company that made it possible? And he said, you know, I don't know what is gonna happen, but I'm ready to go there and make it jump, right? But my point is, again, give them a reason that why it is possible. And, you know, one of the interesting things is never look at the world as is look at the world what it can be and always focus on what is possible and can you describe the world in such vivid details that people can visualize it because the problem is a lot of us when we start a company and even the large company they have something called vision statement and it says to become the largest market share in this market and I'm thinking, how do you visualize that? Yeah. The visualization by definition is when I describe to you, you can see it in front of your eyes. Like Martin Luther King, I have a dream where a black man is holding the hand of a white girl walking in peace to get in harmony together. Now, that is something you and I can visualize. I can't visualize larger market share, right? But my point is that- Can you me, relate? Can you relate? Can you relate? So and so, Naveen, the question I really have it is, it's going back in time myself. Yeah. And I was 27, 28 year old. And I designed- that was last year. That was last year. Yeah, almost like last year, long time ago. I designed the first vehicle location system of Asia. We could track fleet of vehicles yeah. uh, in 2000, sorry, 1997, 98. It is pre-data. Uh, pre so we were using SMS messaging to send GPS coordinates. Yeah. It was a state-of-art yeah. system and everything. And yeah. we built the map of Singapore on a HP 620 Alex, if you remember that handheld tablet. Yeah. Yeah. 
the reason I'm bringing that up is it was way early and yep. the company didn't go anywhere. I was a part mm-hmm. of it. We did the startup in Singapore and all. And I had this conversation with uh, Eric Smith once with the president of Google at that time in 2006. And I asked him this question, hey, what is new you are making? All you have is Google Maps. And I did it 10 years ago. So the reason I'm bringing this question is, Naveen, not everybody has resources like you. Not everybody can think that where you are today. But we have a lot of IITians and a lot of amazing people who who have these things, but they can't really visualize the end goal. They can't really solve the problem of cancer. They can't solve, they have their own understanding of the technology. How do they start if they want to be part of a startup or how they want to do a company? Maybe uh, you and me both know some apps are really solving complex problems. For example, I personally believe even if we can have an app and I'm just an idea itself is uh, every day I take my pH value and log it somewhere. And if I have 1 billion people does that, I'm pretty sure Wyom can create an amazing data with that and create an algorithm with AI where you can even predict what I should and shouldn't be eating today just based on pH value without even doing any other tests. So, so how do they start? How do they, they have a budget of like $100,000, $200,000. They have some small idea, which looks small. And every idea is small. You and me both know how Google started, how Yahoo started, all, all these companies. So I think it's really easy. Honestly, it is about not what you're doing, but what your North Star is. What happens if 10 years from now when the company has executed on its vision? So when we started Viome, as you see, we were simply looking at what's happening in your gut. We were making some recommendations. It was early. But guess what? We didn't say we are a gut microbiome test company. What did we say? Wyom is the company that's going to imagine living in a world where illness is optional. We are a healthcare company that's going to fundamentally change and understand the human biology, even though that's not what we were doing. But the point was we knew where we needed to be. And this was a way to bootstrap. And by allowing that bootstrapping, we start to get 100,000 people's data that allows us to understand what's happening in the gut and say, now, what if we can now add the blood to it? Now, what if we can add the supplements and the nutrients to it? Now, suddenly, now you're here. Now we are working with the pharma companies because we are able to identify the actual underlying mechanism of what causes the colorectal cancer. We can now predict the oral cancer with 97% specificity just by looking at your saliva. No now, my way. point I'm trying to make is, honestly, we found FDA, FDA approval. Yeah, FDA I saw approval. that, but it is unbelievable. That was my next question. You stole my thunder. Yeah. So my point I'm trying to make is that. Percent? Yeah. Oh. And here's the interesting one. Now, colorectal cancer, we could not, nobody could have figured out what is underlying mechanism is because the, it wasn't the organism. It is the activity of these organisms when they become highly active. It becomes from IBS to IBD to colorectal cancer. My point I'm going to make is that from our perspective, by having all these people, now we have quarter million people that have come together, but now we can understand what causes people to have depression. What are the biochemical signatures? And can we give them the nutrients, whether it's supplement or food, to be able to move them away from those signatures that are diabetic or that are depression or that are obesity or that are heart diseases? Now, that's the reason we're working with Mayo Clinic, right? To be able to predict when you're going to have insomnia, when you're going to have obesity, when you're going to have heart disease. Now, again, 
we had that vision. So we didn't say we were a, a stool testing microbiome company and many companies who did that, they defined themselves of who they are. So now coming back to answer your question, when you start a company, it's not about what you're doing. It is about why are you doing it? And when it is successful, what is your North Star? Can you describe that vision that where you want to be? And this is simply a stepping stone for you to be able to get to that vision. So the way you do as a, you know, when I start a company is to give this vision and say, we are going to start here and this will allow us to understand this, which will allow us to do this. And then we're going to do this. And we have a whole game plan. How are we going to solve that? But when, you, when we launch a company, people say, oh, so you are a microbiome testing company. No, we are not. We are a healthcare company that is going to solve the chronic diseases. And you say, if you don't believe me, look at our website. Imagine living in a world where illness is optional. We never let go of our North Star. So my point is, anyone who is listening to it, remember, it's not about what you're doing. It is about creating a clear vision of what it can be when you get there. So it's a question, it's a big question, uh, Naveen. What you're saying is, it doesn't matter whether the problem is big or small. It depends on the problem. And as long as you're clear with the why, because it's not about... Uh, just creating a multi-billion dollar or multi, uh, solving uh, billions of people's problem. It can be a very small problem. You may be solving a problem of only 10 people. The question is why? And why are you solving that problem? You stay with that and then you can create unbelievable organization or unbelievable product. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing and, from you. And people have to, if you're solving a problem that matters to people, you're going to attract the best and the brightest. And when you attract the best and the brightest, guess what happened? The money follows because every single person wants to invest in the best team. And you get the best team by having a vision that says, you know, what if it is possible? What if it could be done? So create that what what if and imagine and then you attract the best team and the best team attracts the money and money gives you the resources that you need to solve the problem. So it all happens with a simple what if. So Naveen, uh, I have two more questions for you. So one question is a dream yeah. and which the dream you are showing us where we talk, you talk about uh, illness options. Yeah. And it's a big challenge. You and me both know that. Yeah. What you put out there for our large IITNs community as a challenge. So if they want to venture into this area, what, how they should go about it, what they should read, what is your thought process around it? Because it requires an army to solve the problem. Yeah. So first of all, Thank you for asking that question, because to me, that is really the key. How do you get something started in an industry that you may know nothing about? So one of the things I do is whenever I enter the new industry, I spend three months just diving and learning everything about it. And I, first thing is, I read all the research papers. So first thing I do is go to every scientific journal and I go on to learn what is causing chronic diseases. So I probably must have read thousand scientific papers. I 
never read one book on a subject because when you read a one book on a subject, guess what happened? The author's view becomes your view. I read a dozen books on that subject because then I get 12 different views of what experts are talking about. And then I create my own view based on everything that I have learned. And what is really interesting is when you start to learn the scientific, read the scientific papers, what you start to see is what the trend is, what are the most breaking things that are happening right now? that will going to be seeing the light of the day in 15 years. And then you say, oh my God, everyone is talking about this microbiome thing. And even the mainstream at that time, nobody was talking about it. But I was reading every research paper. They're saying obesity connected to microbiome, diabetes. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I don't know what this microbiome thing is, but all the research is showing I need to go look into that, right? And then when you, when you got there, we say, oh, I understand that now, but there are so many other companies are doing microbiome testing. Why do you think I am going to be able to be successful where others have failed? And that's what became why me. When I say everyone is asking the same question, which is what organisms are in my gut? I say, what if the problem is not there? What if the problem is what they are producing is really the key to human health, not who they are? Because my immune system doesn't have eyes and ears. Only thing it senses is the chemical signal. So all I have to focus is on what chemicals are they producing, not who they are. And just that simple thought process allowed me to actually find a technology that allows you to see the chemicals being produced. And that changed the history of how what we started to do. My point is that is because is so first of all, the way I do that, I just want to give you the tools what I do. So I go to Twitter and I create my own feed of every scientific journal in that industry. So I literally, I have a feed called microbiome and it's every science journal that's out there that's anything to do with microbiome or cellular biology. I read everything. I wake up in the morning and I get probably about several hundred of them and I read every article. And that to me is the key that every morning I know what is the latest cutting edge stuff. So for example, yesterday I was reading that the people who are addicted to alcohol and they took half the people actually did a fecal transplant, which is basically took their microbiome and implanted someone else's poop on that. Mm-hmm. And their addiction to alcohol was gone. They didn't have, they no longer have craving for alcohol. And that to me is mind boggling that our microbiome makes us crave. The food we want makes us crave the funny. things we want. Yeah. They are the puppet masters. <laughs> yeah, I read that article when you posted um, on, I believe, LinkedIn. I, that was really uh, very interesting. Is First of all, somebody coming up with that thought and idea that you can do that, and then the results are phenomenal. How can we change everybody's life? So, well, I can talk to you for hours, Naveen, but I have one question, which is interesting question. If you can go back in time, 100 year, 500 year, 1000 years and have a date with anyone. Who will that be and why? I would actually would like to have a date with myself 100 years ago, 1000 years ago. And the reason is I wanted to understand what made me who I am. And in fact, the same question, you know, people ask me, if you can go back in your life, change one thing, what would that be? And the answer is nothing. And here is why, because every single mistake I made, every single thing that did not work is made me who I am. If I were to change any one thing here, I would be a completely different person. And I, I know, I believe you got to be in love with yourself. We just said, you know, who I am is who I am. And I love myself because, and that to me is the key. So answer is really to some extent, I would love to see you know, what brought me to this earth 
with what purpose and what where I used to be thousand years ago and what I did deserve this much blessing from God and universe. This is amazing, Naveen. And uh, I haven't heard that response. I've heard a lot of responses and I completely agree with you. I'm following your journey for almost seven to eight years now. There is nothing. There is nothing. And even if I look back my own journey and a lot of, yeah. lot of ups and downs like everyone else, uh, we yeah. came from nowhere and we have accomplished so much in our lives. There is nothing to change. Our life is perfect with all the imperfections. So that brings yes. to our end of our segment. Uh, so Naveen, first of all, I wanted to uh, thank you for that. And just share with you what is IIT 2020 is. So IIT 2020 is our attempt to inspire global community. Uh, we are, this is our first virtual conference. Uh, we always have physical conferences. And we are going to reach audience from 193 countries. That is our goal. And we want to connect 100,000 people and leaders like you on this. Because we believe as a Pan IIT USA, by connecting people, by bringing people, by asking right questions, we can solve the global problems which are yet to uncover. I personally believe as a human, we are explorers. And we yeah. will continue to find new frontiers. Once again, thank you very, very much for your time. Swati